Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the subject of divination. And divination uh, is a translation um, meaning to foresee something. And I feel that the moment we became out of the flow with our knowing, which could be the metaphor of the Garden of Eden uh, being banished from uh, innocence, whatever we want to tie that to in our mythology and our mythos and, and various cultures, divination came about when we became separate from our knowing. So we invented or came up with methods to see the unseen because it is existing in a different time, space, or just in, in the unknowable realm. Mm -hmm. So tonight we're going to look at different methods man has used throughout time to get information that he was not able to get just by fa uh, ordinary faculty. And one of the things that separates divination from fortune telling is that divination is usually a very systematic system so a lot of times the divination tool is scientifically based. It is a way to measure. And whether you are looking at uh, race horses and their history and their, the, uh, how many times they've won in their birth stock, or you're looking at the history of how stocks have gone or economic trends, it's all the same thing. It is divination. If you are doing a prediction about what is going to be a good money maker for the year, the next coming year, and there are, there are economists that do this all the time, they are actually using divination, which means an external means for ascertaining something that they cannot possibly know right here in the moment. So that's first step, I would like to dispel any of the superstition that goes on around it. A lot of people take divination tools and become very superstitious with it, but they're not inherently superstitious. So uh, the thing that separates them from fortune telling is that they are systematic and they're usually very spiritually based, meaning that it's not necessarily just asking some unknown force the answer to these questions. Many very seriously spiritual and religious people ask the, their, the, per, the entity that they worship, whether they call it God or Jesus or Allah or uh, Buddha, it does, whatever it is, it's usually asking this other source, like an angel, to get this information and then to speak through the tool. A third reason why divination is a used thing is because it's a way for the spirit world or the higher consciousness world to speak to us because language is extremely limiting and these tools help things come through in a symbolic language and if a picture is worth a thousand words then a symbol is worth a million words and they act like zip files they go in they expand and more is in that unfolds within you that could ever be communicated so with that being said we're going to talk about a number of different things tonight well, just to add that uh, superstition is anything that languages your power as being external when, you know, when we recalibrate the entire English language, everybody will recognize themselves as, as the source of what's going on. And that's a very different and very advanced world to live in. 
So this is a very important tool mm -hmm. uh, for people to get a hold of. Yeah, and I've been teaching this and, and other things. I used to have tarot in with it because, in a way, you could see that as a divination tool. But that is such a, a rich uh, storytelling uh, thing that I, I separated it out. But I have been teaching divination tools for a long time, as have you. So why don't we get to it and show people some of the different techniques. Excellent. What did you and, bring? And step number one is to know, like Neville just said, the power is not outside of you. It's not in what you're doing. It's not in the pendulum or in the stones or in whatever you're doing. Mm. That really these things are a channel to go through and bypass your conscious mind. Our physical form, our body, processes information at like uh, 11 million bits per second and our brain is only 16 bits per second and I think uh, th those numbers may not be exactly accurate but the the discrepancy there in them mm -hmm. is and so that's why we can throw a baseball at somebody and their hand will reach out and catch it, it the mind ha didn't even figure out that the person had a baseball in their hand yet and mm. so it's still going a lot of this was so, written in a book called blink or one of these concepts is what you were saying, the subconscious processes things a lot more readily than the conscious mind. Mm. And so in the blink, you know. And it's, as we've always taught on the show, it's trusting your knowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and what divination offers, and maybe I'll start out with the pendulum, because this is a, a very good uh, use of this. I think all divination is training us to open up and trust and to move into our knowing. Mm -hmm. And I was going to uh, draw a chart for this and I don't have that prepared, so maybe, maybe I'll just talk about it and uh, draw the chart in a moment. But essentially when you use any form of divination, a lot of times people think, oh, the, the tool is moving and it's telling me things. Well, yeah, but I think that it operates in two different ways. One is that if you were to ask yourself a question and you are connected to the source of all things, you already know the answer. But our brain is programmed to deny and doubt and worry, fear, and all the things that we talk Guilt. about on the show all the time. Yeah. And so we don't hear it directly. And we certainly don't trust ourselves because there's so much blame and shame being thrown around in the world that we're afraid of being wrong. And we're so used to being graded A through F that, oh no, I don't want to put myself out there because I might fail at it. But your physical form, your body and your energy field knows the answer and it doesn't have to answer to that flow inhibitor we call a brain. And which it's good for lots of beautiful things, I'm not disparaging it, but it just doubts things. So your body can answer questions that your brain necessarily cannot, it gets confused about. So it operates that way. It also operates under the, um, just on an energetic level. So you can use the pendulum over something, like if you're using it in healing and there is an energy field coming off of someone's body, the pendulum will pick up and start turning, as you can see right here as I hold it over my hand. This is a pendulum that I made last time we went to the Serpent Mount. It's got Excellent. a peace sign and mm -hmm. a heart on it. And I recommend making your own pendulums and using cotton thread because they really do work better. This thing, even in a wind, even though it's very light, it, it, it just really works. It does. I remember. Mm -hmm. 
So a lot of ways you can use this is just having it answer yes or no. And eventually you feel the yes before the pendulum even moves. And that's the time for you to put the pendulum away and trust your gut instincts. We don't have to rely on them indefinitely. And how they were used traditionally was to find water and gold mines and minerals and water under the earth. And a lot of gold mines were discovered with, with uh, dousing rods or pendulums. And there are pendulums that you can buy that you can screw open and put water in it or whatever you're looking for or gold. And then you screw it back on and then you use that to walk over the land and it will start moving and it operates on the principle of like attracts like. So if you have gold in the pendulum and it perceives its own vibration, it's going to have a reaction. And so that's how they discover water underneath. I have used the pendulum to show people how to find energy lines on their land. And it's quite an interesting thing. And perhaps I'll, I'll come up with uh, some exercises for people to do at home through the course of the show. But if if I, I mean, I was thinking walking over your land, but that can take forever. But you can take a map of your property, like a record plat or something, and go over it. First of all, define your language with the pendulum. And it's important to shake out your arm and not to let your brain make it too stiff. So you want to keep your arm extended, not resting against you, not resting on the table. Relax your arm. And then define what yes it, or energetic is and for me it spins clockwise for the opposite it spins counterclockwise or it'll just stand still and if there's an undecided energy it kind of goes back and forth but for the most part you're going to define your own language with the pendulum and then I take a record plat of someone's property and go over it like you would an archaeological um, dig where you have those little quadrants and you move over and you keep moving up like like it's in a grid pattern but you must first figure out what you're looking for so if you're looking for an energy line if you're looking for a vortex or a portal you have to hold that in your mind as you do this and then if you're looking for a second thing do that as a whole separate operation and you can find a lot of things because there are a lot of features under our uh, house that contribute to the energies of the house you can also draw a pendulum with a variety of answers, and it's like a half circle with pie wedges and write different things in it, and start at the bottom with your pendulum, and, and it will move uh, on the correct answer. So you could do one with the seven chakras and say, is there any that, 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 that I could uh, remove some uh, in hindrances from? You can do it for all kinds of different things. Excellent. What, uh, and of course, I've got ma many, many more things to say about the pendulum, but they're, uh, that's probably good for now, just to give people a brief introduction. Mm -hmm. So would you like to introduce one? Well, um, what I do is, uh, for example, I've spent uh, uh, more than one lifetime uh, studying face reading, which mm. is um, something that is not a conscious mind attribute. It's definitely, and without question, a subconscious mind attribute. You'll look at someone and decide that you like them or decide that you don't like them or decide that you, they may come close to you or they may not. And you have no idea consciously what all that's based on and it happens to be based on many, many measurable and teachable things. Once you have uh, many years ago 
remembered this process of what equals what and managed to get it to the point that you can put it in your conscious mind. And I, like you, have um, taught it for many years, and so it is very much a faculty in my conscious mind as opposed to the instinctive stuff. Mm -hmm. Eye contact alone <coughs> will give you enough information about that person. And as so we'll, we're not going to trust anyone that will not make eye contact with us because they refuse to the, they refuse the interface, literally interface. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there's a specific number of eye types. There's a specific number of uh, um, configurations that you can have in the iris of your eye, all of which are legible, all of which are part of a system. Once you get to understand these, then you can see. I did, you had shown me an article on face reading on uh, somewhere on the web not too long ago, and it seemed uh, elementary, but it was the beginning. You could see the person was beginning to understand. Mm -hmm. But um, here's a, what, uh, uh, back in the 70s, there were 300 books on the subject of um, face reading in the uh, archives, the, whatever the, all of the books, or Library, Library of Congress had about 300 books on the subject, in English language. Wow, I didn't know they had that many. Oh, yeah, but that was back in the 70s, I guarantee you. It's many thousand at this point because everybody's writing a book, but they all repeat the same thing. And they all, you know, go ahead, read as many as you want, but you're going to have to figure out their language to figure out what they're saying. So then you get 300-plus languages. Well, that's what I love so much about your classes because you've pulled sort of a distillation of all of them, and I, and I found it really interesting. Like yeah. just just what you teach about... The lips alone, if you wanted to share that, because lips that was so easy. useful to me when I speak everyone, with people. Everyone is uh, existing with the myth that um, when the uh, original uh, fertilized eggs, egg first makes a merkaba, and then the merkaba stretches into a tube torus, that's the, those are our first few. We come in as geometric forms, by the way. Yeah. Okay, and everybody makes the presumption that the lips at that point are connected to the posterior. It's logical, but it's not the truth at all. The lips are connected and remain connected to your heart throughout your life. That makes lips much easier to understand. <coughs> to further understand lips is to understand that the um, upper lip rep represents the relation with your female heart and the lower lip, the relationship with the male heart. So if you see someone where the lower lip, the upper lip is absent and the lower lip is extremely large, we found someone who has very little touch with their female and great deal of touch with their male. And what is that expression when the lower lip is? Well. It's a pout. And that's the beginning of the understanding of reading the face. Yeah, and I think just the the um, the lips being an expression of the emotion. So oh, people absolutely. with larger um, lips, as opposed to, it's just a way that you can communicate with them. Yes. Uh, so the, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, understanding the communication that we have with other human beings. If we were all educated in face reading, you, that we would all be just super geniuses as far as getting our ideas communicated to other people, but, um, you know, kinesics, this idea of studying the entire of the person, mm -hmm. uh, it's not taught much. If it is, that's good. I'm happy with it. Um, I'm 
there's just so much information. Well, it, it's also a doorway to really open up your own intuition. And, like yeah. knowing these certain features, because I, I know uh, you're going to talk about palmistry in a bit too, but yeah. I read palms ever since I was young, but I had very little, just a very fundamental knowledge of the lines on the hand, and the rest was intuitive. And so when you you're learn a lot intuitive. of the features, um, you were like one of the original face readers in the area for sure, and yeah. I know you've been doing that in palmistry for a long time, but we'll All get to palmistry in a minute. Yeah. Well, I thought I would show a my next form of divination, and this is just commonly known as smoked billets, and billets is just something used in um, mediumship and, and in the spiritualist churches, and it means a small letter, and so it's a way to communicate with spirit because one of the fundamental premises is that we continue on after death and we remain conscious and aware and that uh, there is a, a way to communicate back with the physical world. So essentially what you do is this is also called candle divination which is more what I dubbed it just candle divination and remember when we are using divination we are opening ourselves up to bypass the rational mind and everything that we've been taught and allow spirit, angels, guides, God, Jesus, whatever, higher uh, self. Quan Yin, higher self, whatever this is that we open up to when we enter into a state of prayer or meditation in that divine state. Divination is from divine origin. Um, so we are tapping into the divine to see something. That what we are doing then is opening up to the interpretation of it, which is just as critical, if not more critical, than the actual information we're getting through the tool. It's our interpretation of it, because that's where the kaching is. That's where our advance comes, is being open and receptive, surrendering to the divine information, rather than trying to control it. So in this method, you light a candle, and I have found over the years, and I've been doing this for at least 15 years, um, probably longer, that you get a pink candle. Now, I know that the dyes in the candles may have some bearing on the soot that gets left behind, but I have found, I've tried it with many different colors, and there's something about a pink candle that this works, even better than a white candle. And you get index cards, preferably the completely blank ones, or at least blank on one side. And one of the things you can do is hold it in your hand for a bit to get your energy on it or, or whatever. And use that time to go into a state of receptivity, whether you call it prayer or, or what. And ask, ask for a message. Or if it's a, something going on in your life you'd like a message about, then you tap into that if you want a message from your higher self whatever we want to call this divine source for each of us, you ask for a message. And then when you uh, feel ready, you hold it over the flame, and preferably no wind. We do have a bit of a draft here so that the flame is straight. And you allow your hand, just like with the pendulum, to move. And you're not letting a force occupy your arm. You're just moving as your, your heart allows you to, to move. And it takes a little bit of negotiating and practice before you learn how to hold it so it doesn't catch on fire. So I recommend <laughs> you have a bowl of water. Sometimes it will, and other times you might hold it so far out that you don't get any soot on it, and so you don't get any pictures. Um, so again, don't try this at home unless you have water there. Now, if we could get a close-up on this, 
This is what happens. You get a soot of sorts here. Um, which camera are we going up on? Okay. I prefer not to have my... Uh, okay, can we go up as tight as you can get on that? That would be great. And then a little focus there. Uh, might need a little bit more of a focus. Yeah, it's... There we go. Uh, okay. There's a lot that now, can you seen. see, there is a lot in there. Now, you see, already I'm seeing three people. A face, a face, and over there, this person's kneeling uh, in front of, like, maybe helping someone else. But you can definitely see the person right here. And see, you don't want to touch this because you will smear it. <laughs> but you can see that there's a knee here and the back and the head. This is hard to do backwards. And the arm. Looks like wings on the one character there. Yeah. yeah. And that person is, is doing something, and there's somebody behind them for sure. So over time, these pictures start developing, and there are wings. And Literally. I'm going to um, turn this, so we'll probably need to retain the up-closeness, if mm -hmm. that's okay. Uh, I'm going to turn it over this way. So what you do is allow yourself to relax your gaze and um, if we could get another close-up on this, that would be great. Okay. If you relax your gaze and stare into the picture and allow whatever pops out to pop out, it awakens your third eye. And so see how things change a lot when we turn it in this direction? And then if I turn it, that uh, was the original direction, then if I turn it like this, and I think primarily our message is how it is when we hold it and we turn it over whatever way comes, but you can turn it around in different ways, and you start getting different different images with it. And that's yeah, our original like the, picture. Uh, angel being held in the hand there, mm -hmm. which I think is very but, but now you can, yes, I agree. And I, that's one of the things I first saw. But you see this, if you look at that as looking down, reaching out, trying to pick that person up mm -hmm. with wings in the background, mm -hmm. I mean, this can be a very healing message. Yeah. So perhaps um, when we do readings later in the show, if people would like me to do one of those and do an interpretation, that would mm -hmm. be great. Mm -hmm. It's something we used to do at New Moons 15, 14 years ago oh, yeah. all the time, and it's quite, a, quite an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So if we say, let's get a message for those out there, do you, Excellent. Do you want to do it? Or? Yeah, let's do that. Me, you or me? I'll do one just for okay. the fun of it because it is quite a bit of fun to do. Yeah, and we used to do this. I fire. would have, I've done this for people in readings, and I have had pictures so clear that you can make out eyes with eyelids and eyelashes, and it's very clear. So, okay, do you want to so go ahead? Yeah, just very briefly. Okay. All right. Yeah, too far. And it, as you can see, it does take some uh, time. And I know you've done this because you've many, done many this times, in my yeah. groups with me many times. But uh, it takes some. Let me, see. Let me see. Okay, so this will be a message for everyone out there. Uh, I know we can't get another close up, so let me look at it here. I saw this as a bunch of cups stacked on top of each other, almost like teacups. I see that. And it, it's saying, it reminds me of a certain deck that I have where one of the cups where it's talking about you have, you're balancing there a lot go. of things. It mm -hmm. looks like a person kind of coming out of the ethers and going up. 
and then holding cups and then maybe a little angel or a little fairy standing on a saucer looking down. That, that's another interpretation of mm -hmm. that. It's really quite lovely. It struck me as a sonogram when I first glanced at mm, it. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so very interesting. So as I say, later in the show, geometries. we can, um, well, I'll let you maybe talk about your next one and then, then I'll introduce the, the next thing. And then oh. if people would like to call in after we're done explaining, maybe we could do some of these tools um, to help people to gain some insight. Well, as I think everyone's aware, I've been reading poems. Uh, my grandmother taught me when I was very young, but a small child does not read poems. So when I was 18, it just flowered and um, have made a living most of the life there. I used to uh, live in D.C. and uh, walked, um, um, was paid to attend parties at uh, embassies uh, to read the poems of the guests. So it gave me a very planetary perspective on palmistry. Uh, palmistry in and of itself is the entire of the human perspective. The um, lines are a circuit diagram that represent your wiring. And when you are reading palms, you are acting as though you are an engineer. And uh, you see how things are connected and what is not connected. And uh, what faculties, what uh, individual components there are in the person and how they are wired in. Uh, in years gone by, we've asked people to uh, um, email us um, a scan of the palms, which is uh, which we had done. Uh, it's uh, better to uh, actually see the person's hand. Uh, if um, somebody wished to come to the restaurant this evening after the show, well. but uh, just yeah. So this is you. You hold that up, to, and that's you. And this one happens to be me. And the way you hold the fingers, a huge amount of information. How wide the hand opens, huge amount of information. Uh, it's just um, easily understood as a glyph. It's a single glyph. It is your individual glyph. Uh, the fingerprints have a myriad of information about personality and development and life path. And uh, I've had dreams in which I've been tutored by uh, the universe on the subject of palmistry. It's a very um, it's, it's simply huge. There's no describing it. It's um, one of the particular things that I do that allows me to gain insight to assist us to awaken. Uh, if you can see where you're stalled, you can see where the development has uh, yet to progress. It's really... Oh, yeah, it's very fascinating. And, yeah. and I, I love it because it's a growing, it's an ever-changing thing. It's a living, breathing thing. Yeah. Um, do you mind Sorry. if I uh, take a Please moment? Do. Uh, I did this. I was just thinking of doing a, a message for Rick if there was any energy that wanted to come through. And I wanted you to see this up close, if we can get a close-up. Um, that See, where by my finger, there's an actual nose, very visible nose yeah, right there. there we are. Mm -hmm. Do you see over here? Can yeah. everybody make that out? And yep. if you look, and over time it does crystallize, but that there's an eye like appearing over here as if it's a face. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the, the way the soot comes, you can see this white mark here. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
But do you There's see that? There's also a second face. But sometimes it's literally like a picture. I've had photographs where it's the nose, the face, and then sometimes it might look like a cartoon character. Sometimes it's very symbolic. Mm -hmm. But but I didn't uh, wish to take you away from the palmistry because that is so fascinating. Just the different lines on the hands and how they can change. And that there's even a mark that says you were around in Atlantis. There are so many. It's not so much about <coughs> fortune telling. It's about telling you who you are. Okay, shall we take the call and then yes. I'll do the Hi, next Yes, hi caller. One? What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Ophelia. Hi, Ophelia. Yes, what can we do for you? I would like for Mary to do a reading for me with the burning. Okay, well, when we get to the duck, um, I will do that. Um, if right. you can call back, that would be great then because then we could interact, but if you don't, I can do it then. So I have um, really just one more method and then maybe we can get to Ophelia's thing. Yes. Okay? Please so do. please keep watching. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now the next form is uh, what I call the decision stone oracle and it's for answering yes or no questions. So here's my thinking on the yes or no questions. Basically, we are a binary universe, okay? We're a binary reality. <coughs> and so when we ask yes or no questions, uh, sometimes we're faced with these big, huge things, like lots of different options, uh, lots of variables, and we may find it so that we are being very indecisive about things. But if you look at everything as a simple question that is either yes or no, you can start training your heart, your inner knowing, to know the answer to anything. And so I'll use the example of let's say you have a penny and you go into a candy shop where there are a thousand pieces of candy and you can choose one thing. What happens typically is our mind can only process so many choices at one time. They did an experiment where they gave people samples of seven types of jams and jellies and people would pick their favorite and bought it and they sold a lot. And they did the same experiment with like 16 kinds of jams and jellies and people got so confused they bought nothing. And so there is a, there's a, a critical point where it becomes too many decisions and we shut down. And with our world today, there are millions of decisions everywhere. And I think that it, it really gets us um, short-circuited in our decision-making capabilities. So if we take the example of going into a candy store and we have a thousand pieces of candy to choose from, that uh, what we do then is say, how can I put this down into a, a binary thing? So let me split it into two things hard candy and chocolate candy, or can regular candy, any kind, and chocolate. And so then you make your decision, okay, and then you can use the stone oracle by taking three stones or anything that are similar. Stones are a good idea. Here we have, I have an amethyst, a rose quartz, and a citrine. I'm wondering if we could get close-ups on anything here. I just wanted to show people, maybe on camera two. Okay, so we got kind of same weight-ish and same uh, kind of look. Now what I've done is designated the purple is me, the yellow is no, and the rose quartz is yes. And so that would be then your toolkit and you re retain that forevermore as those designations so it builds up in energy. Then let's pretend it's the candy shop issue. Then you roll the stones and 
if you say, okay, so uh, what about chocolate? And um, by me is the no stone, even though I probably would pick the chocolate. I wasn't focusing on my question. And far away is the yes. So they can land, they can land, I'm not sure what the best way to show it. You got a great shot there, Rick, so just stick with that. If these stones land where you are and the no is touching you, you know that's a pretty definite no. If the yes touches you, you know that's a pretty definite yes. If they're kind of the same distance apart and you measure it and the no is a little closer, well, that's not as strong of a no as would be if there is a big difference in how far away it is from you. So let's say you use the oracle and you say, okay, I'm going to pick non-chocolate. Then you subsect that into two different choices. And that would be, do you want nuts or hard candy or whatever that subsection would be? And you say, do I want nuts? No. Okay, so then it's going to be hard candy. So then you say, well, do I want fruit-flavored hard candy or do I want uh, caramel-flavored hard candy? And eventually you're going to get down to the point where it's a very simple choice. And guess what? Let's say you use these stones and you get to that point and you say, you know what? I don't really want that. That sounds like it's absolutely not what I want. Well, then the process helped you to know what you want by knowing what you don't want. Yeah. But, but it's been my experience that once you get down there, it's like, yeah, that feels right. Because as we've said on the show for a million years now, it's our decision that springs reality forth into making it come true. And if we are indecisive, which most of us are, because there's so much guilt and blame with decisions, that we're afraid to make, uh, make a decision. Well, and in that particular category, uh, what no one seems to grasp about this is that you are allowed to make a different decision. If you make a decision you don't like, you are allowed to make another decision. So decisions are not this slammed shut door. Not at all. They were, were never that. But, you know, for the average high school student, um, you're going to have to choose what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Okay, and the kid just leaves. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Goodbye. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, you are allowed to, you know, invest huge amounts of this and that. Uh, and then completely change your mind and do something else. You are allowed to do this. You can change your mind about anything. Half falling from the skyscraper, you can change your mind halfway down that mm -hmm. you're not going to die or be paralyzed or particularly and, and that therein to hit lies a truck the full of mattresses. Yeah. And therein lies the beauty of divination because yeah. you can see the trajectory you're on so that you can make new decisions. So shall I do Ophelia's um, thing? Or, or we have a call? We have a call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Hi, Edith. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. I have a question for you. I use the pendulum sometimes, but I find um, that when I use it, I, I've gotten good at controlling it. Mm -hmm. So when you use these tools, what guidance can you give on how to get a more true answer and, and not to um, be influencing the tool to give you the answer? that you want, and I'm, I'm going to hang up. Okay, thank you, Edith, for answering that, or asking that, because I, I had wished to talk about that, so it's brilliant that you did, thank you. And that is a very good question, and that's why it is important to call in, like, uh, via prayer or higher self, or when you call in these other energies, what that does is it 
it addresses that ownership inhibition because when we think that we have to be right or wrong about something, the brain comes in and says, hey, I don't understand any of this stuff you're doing, but I better try to control it. And so uh, that can happen. So step number one, come at it with an attitude of receptivity and that comes from an attitude of prayer or meditation, number one. Number two is no attachment to an outcome and take it one step at a time. You bring in the information, you allow it to move, then you interpret it as a, sep a separate step. When you're trying to interpret what's going on as it's happening, that's when things really uh, start imploding on themselves or you bump heads with yourself. And then it could be too that if you are at that point, it's that your higher self, your higher guidance is telling you, you don't require the pendulum anymore. Now, I still think the pendulum is good for doing the energy lines in homes. And as a matter of fact, if anybody would like to send me uh, a drawn, uh, it, it doesn't have to be to scale, a, a map of their house or their property, I can uh, do that as an example on the show one week and, and do a read on your house and the energy in your home and what, what you can do and maybe some of the features underground that might be having an impact on it. But that if you're doing it for divination, for yes and no, that maybe it's telling you that go, go more to your knowing because you, um, you kind of know. And getting your brain out of the way is another method and it's by focusing on your breath. You're doing the pendulum over here. Start it out by saying the prayer, connecting, focusing on your breath, counting your breath, and then engage and watch what the pendulum's doing. And that really does help. So thank you. Yeah, excellent. You okay? What, or did you have a, another thing you wanted to talk about? Or? Uh, well, this is one of the oh. very common traps we humans love to catch ourselves in, which is allowing or manipulating and since forever we're teaching uh, that there's always a third point of view, mm -hmm. if you found two, you haven't begun to understand anything. Although you could understand it with one, but uh, between allowing and manipulating or recognizing the divine intelligence in all things, uh, and recognizing the divine intelligence in all things very much amounts to allowing. So that's a, the trap is being caught between the two and thinking proactive or non-active so it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you're active, sometimes you're not. Mm -hmm. you it's know, all about the choice. Yeah, the so there's always three involved. In oh, bit brilliant, I agree. Um, there is one other method I would like to show, and do you mind if I use your language codes book? Oh, no, please. Um, this is a form of divination that is actually very ancient, and it is most commonly used with the Bible. So it is a Christian divination tool, really, um, but it can be used with any book. And essentially what it is, is you connect with your prayer, your, your higher guidance system, whatever you call it, and you ask for guidance on a particular thing or just to give you a message. And then you allow your hands to open the book and you start reading where your eye catches. And I thought, um, and where I looked at in your book is each of us has this power, this gift, this ability. It is built in and is switched on right now. It has been from day one. and An infant has every, uh, every ability to create reality um, with, with its voice. Ask any parents. Okay, so that was an interesting thing. 
But let's say if we were to say, let's give a message, and I recommend Neville's book, The Hidden Language Codes, for this book. I use it in my Divination Tools class, which I may uh, revive at some point because it's a lot of fun. We cover many other tools and go into these in more depth and uh, stuff like that. But I use this book because it's so brilliant. So let's say we're going to get a message for everybody about their day, and the word is no that my eye fell upon. No is an extremely powerful word. It is not difficult to say no. It is also not difficult to say no without any guilt. When you experience a situation where love is directly expressed by saying no, then own it. Saying maybe is not a substitute. Of course, there's a little more. But you've got words in here and then a couple paragraphs. So I tell people to read wherever their eye falls and read the, mm -hmm. about the whole word because it, it's pertinent to you. So the word no was a message for everyone through yeah. bibliomancy. And I have gotten extreme guidance. Uh, someone had come to me with a problem uh, with schizophrenia. And so I used the Seth books, which there are many volumes. And I said, give me some guidance because I had done a lot of research. And I looked and I opened it up and it on the word schizophrenia. And I looked in the, um, the glossary, and uh, there was only one reference in like 20 books of, uh, of that. So at any rate, wow. that's a really good tool to use. Mm -hmm. So what we can do, if, if you're open for it, we can open the line to questions. Sure. And maybe I'll do Ophelia. And I've got a, um, someone in Indiana that had called for readings. And I would like everyone's assistance after I do this for Ophelia that maybe then you could give your take because this is one divination where it's good to get everybody's um, take on this. Yeah. So I'm going to do this. And I know we're probably duck time coming up. Um, it looks that way. Okay. So now I'm just looking. The first thing I saw when I looked at that, if you see on this side here, it reminds me of Lily of the Valley, mm -hmm. but it would probably be better if it were turning that way, or bells. And uh, pardon me for just a minute, because I'd like the audience to look at that, too. There's, there's something about dancing, too. You can see the movement of the legs mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. back, almost like the Sufi dancers, and um, you know, spinning and whirling. And that, that thing on the top that reminded me of that flower is is also like a vortex. Do you see in the middle of there? Mm -hmm. So Neville, please chime in if you if you see well, something you would like. Well, this is without a question. Uh, the magician. There's, mm -hmm. in my mind, that's just absolutely there. There's mm -hmm. literally nothing up his sleeve, and um, uh, he's right at that moment of manifestation of magic, and that uh, this Ooh. is something that we do not understand about ourselves. There is no human being that is not absolutely magical. People have been beaten down to believe that they're not, but the truth of the matter is you conduct your entire life through the practice of magic. Whether or not you know it, I don't know, but if you consciously know it, you're a thousand times more powerful than if you don't, because this is magic. There it is. It's that simple. I choose to manifest That's this beautiful. by using my magic. I love that. And I, I don't speak this in front of people as a general rule. Really? Be, no. And it's not withholding anything yeah. from anyone. I just don't have the occasion. Interesting. Okay. Um, before we get to the duck, can, is there a way to get one more close-up? I know you might still be on a close-up. Um, or? No, no, no. You don't have to go. I thought it was still at close-up from now. 
Yeah, okay, there's there was an, uh, something I wanted to show, but I guess we're being um, directed. Well, we'll do it otherwise. after the. Okay, uh, sounds do good. It after the duck. And in fact, okay. as I understand, here comes the mustache. That's sort of a joke in the studio. David Eng, who's dangling this evening. Here we go. Okay, and these are from my Magical Messages deck. Mm -hmm. uh, the artist within you has much to express. Allow time in your day for this. Interesting story behind that, because I picked that card today for the message of the day uh, that I placed on Facebook. Just give a gift to someone for no reason at all and see how it comes back. Okay, that does not belong to that deck, so don't that Yeah, I won't disturb. Okay. <coughs> so that's wonderful. Anyway, I picked that card, but I did not post yesterday's, so I posted yesterday's today, and that card came up tonight. So it was to be. So if you're an artist, uh, continue on. I, I would like to just show this real quick before we move on to some other things. You can see it starts baking and marinating, and I feel almost like there's the, the Virgin Mary at the top, um, mm -hmm. the, the back view. But do you see the eye that's materializing there? Oh, there we go. Yeah. And it's coming to say, uh, look at a situation uh, from more of a compassionate view rather than from a literal view. And, um, and then under the eye is almost the pyramid. So it's talking about Egyptian pyramids and psychicness. And this is a very powerful one, and I feel like lots of different things are coming up from it. But the eye and the um, feature, that the, the Mother Mary type feature praying over top of it and the Egyptian thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put that here. And we have our calls beginning. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, what's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith again. Hi, Edith. Welcome back. I was just calling back for our reading from Mary, um, mm -hmm. any kind of reading, and I'll hang up. Okay. Thank you, Edith. Well, I had cards in my hand, so why don't we do, do that? And I'll just pick them from the Inner Wisdom deck. Okay. And then uh, the first card is Meditation. And I have a labyrinth on here because labyrinths are very meditative to trace, and obviously they have very complex ones and very simple ones. And there are even some that you can get for the iPhone where you can trace it or just watch this ball with gentle music as it goes through the labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Labyrinths are also very magical things, so it's saying to take the time to really let your mind relax and get into the flow of creation. And the messages from Spirit is talking uh, about uh, Spirit wanting to give you messages and such, but it's also saying that you have this ability that you may want to develop to get your own insight and own messages, even for other people and that there is a great awakening coming and it, it's uh, most likely connected to this card. Um, so your development is really taking you to new places. And there might be uh, just one of those epiphanies is the word I'm looking for, an epiphany. Okay, I'm going to do a real quick reading for Barbara that called in from Indiana before the show because she cannot call in live. And I will do this. I feel first, Barbara, that message that the artist within has much to express was for you um, more specifically to continue on um, creating and going into the silence of yourself to find your truth instead of the noise of the distractions around you and then perhaps to communicate that out. And that person standing on the world and the megaphone is going out into the cosmos so it's saying to spread this farther rather than closer. And even in the Bible, it was talking about Christ shaking the dust off his own village. 
And in other words, it's hard to really be all you can be when people have ideas about you. And so the boundaries are not hard fixed walls, they're fluid points of choice. So to move uh, forward with that and, and take things as choice instead of hard fixed walls. Here we have our next caller. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hello. Hi. hi. Yes, um, my, my name is Lynn and um, Lynn. Hi, and I would like a, a candle reading by Mary, but I'd like to add that even before Mary suggested uh, in the second or third card that she saw Mary, I would thought that in the first card I saw the beard of, of Jesus on the left and mm. maybe Mary or an angel as uh, Neville mentioned, or maybe it was Joseph, I don't know, but there were three there. And on that very one. first one? Yeah. On your very first one on the left, I thought I could see the beard of Jesus. And oh, very wow. Interesting. Oh, wow. And thank you for sharing that because it's so wonderful. That's why I do these uh, gatherings at our um, vegetarian potluck every month. I did this for a while. And then I let everybody do it. And um, uh, people would do that. And it was just so wonderful to see what everybody saw in them. Okay. It's, it's fascinating, and, and thank you so much, and I'll hang up. Okay, well, thank, thank you. you. Lynn, thank you for calling. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. That is wonderful. Yeah, please, please um, do see what you see in there, and let's see. Okay. Well, okay. I saw a lot of bird energy with yours. Okay, I, I held it in the same manner as I did before, but look how wispy this is. It does look like bird wings, no matter how you hold it. Hummingbirds and small birds and uh, beautiful uh, winged creatures. And here I feel like that is, is definitely the hummingbird. Now obviously that, that can have the connotations of the thing that means joy and, and bringing joy into your life. But there's something crystallizing up here. Let me see. I keep getting that, that you have this ability to, to really be a counselor, <laughs> like, like your voice just has a lot of healing in it. And the way those wisps were going from below to above, and they almost look like communication pathways and wings that you really have the ability to uplift. And I know this may kind of seem out of left field uh, with the, what's on the card, but I was almost thinking, have you considered becoming a minister uh, or something like that, some kind of an outreach with the spirit connection? I think it gives us an opportunity to take to the skies on so many levels. Neville, what do you see in there? I had also seen uh, one of the wings being an um, arm of someone who's pitching, and uh, that's uh, not negative con. You mean pitching like a ball or pitching like, that, like a... But, well, just the idea of pitching. So okay. that's uh, what counseling is, is you're pitching at the person, um, their wake-up call. You are asking them to come to the point that they must be responsible for what goes on in their life. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are just dramatically delaying uh, their egress into higher realms. Wow. Uh, we have to own it that everything that happens in our life is our idea. Anything else mm -hmm. is uh, energy right into the language of excuse. I agree. So have a look at that, Lynn, because I feel like there are things more emerging. It's almost like things appearing out of the sky. 
new ideas, new things. That reminds me of the bluebird of happiness. It feels very mm -hmm. light, almost as if there are three spirits of people that may be in spirit that are talking to you and saying to trust your instincts in regards to things and maybe even legal things. Trust your instincts, the birdie told me. Mm -hmm. And I know we're down to the last couple of minutes and um, I wanted to do this for Emily real quick, just for some okay. insight. Do we have another call? Yes. Okay, uh, I will uh, do this real quick. Uh, uh, this is for Emily and it's a matter of trusting. Sometimes we close the heart and start using our brain because that makes more sense and it's saying maybe take a step back, listen to your heart and do some more talking about things and recognize what's really important to you and put you in the equation rather than just other people. And uh, Emily, I would be happy to go in more depth out outside of here. So, um, hi caller. Hi caller, what's your name please? Ophelia. Hi Ophelia. Um, Mary, can you do a reading with the cards for me? Okay, did you hear the... Uh, yes, okay. I saw the bells in the vortex, okay. I did, thank you. Uh -huh. Okay, let's see here. All right, the first card is claiming your power. That woman is taking the crown of something that she's already had. Neville uh, wrote that on the wall for the longest time. I claim my power, and it's a wonderful way to wake up in the morning, and I've used it many times myself, and so that's uh, brilliant. And, it, it, and so what this is saying is start stepping into who you really are, and this awakening is not to wait for other people to mirror that back or to convince you of that, but to... Um, but to start claiming it for yourself and that there is change coming and so if we look at all three of these together it's saying that as this change comes make sure that you know you're in power over it sometimes when change happens we think oh it's this wind that's blowing through and we don't really have any power so uh, just hold your ground and if, if it's in regard to somebody trying to get you to do something or whatever just hold your ground Sometimes there's a time for concession and other times there's mm -hmm. a time for holding your ground. So that would be that. So thank yes, you. And before we get on our last call, just come, uh, okay, come join us at the Fairfax Circle, the Ruby Tuesdays, uh, if you would like. It does have to be Thursday, the 18th of August. Uh, otherwise, this is a rebroadcast. And we'd love to see you come to the restaurant. It'd be fun. Yes, fun, and we're fun, having fun. our next bowl event on August 24th. Uh, and that would be your birthday as well. But yes. we're having the bowl that night, so it'll mm -hmm. be fun. Be a bowl event. And yeah. um, I'm also going to be doing EFT level one and two coming up in the not so Excellent. distant future. Excellent. And psychic development part two, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe getting some tarot things started. And if anybody would like any of us to come teach at your uh, place or your venue, yeah. let us know because we're open to that. And You'll it was our joy and face. honor to yeah, take you to the you door. Everything you do as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do one to. Sh oh, um, do we have time for the art? Uh, Forgot the art? That's okay. No uh, problem. Well, I'll we will continue on uh, with the art next week. It's beautiful, your art. And the you new know art. how I feel mm -hmm. about your art. It's mm -hmm. lovely. Neville has had his art in the Smithsonian. He is quite an accomplished artiste. Okay, so here's the message. Kind of looks like it's okay. cute. Mm -hmm. So we will go out on this, and uh, so I'm giving the message to the world, and it's saying, uh, it's, a, it's a woman riding on a fish. Do you see that? It's a woman riding a fish like you would a broom. A fish is a big deal 
meaning it is literally a big deal or accomplishment mm -hmm. or some kind of uh, success in a business venture. So write on your past successes to get to your future ones. And it's kind of looking like an elephant riding on a fish. That's interesting. So love. Yeah, love remembers. Really and love is always successful, even if it looks like you're losing. Love is the only thing there is. Love is the answer. So anyway, it was our joy and honor to take you to the door. Thanks for coming. Mm -hmm. We will see and you the soon. The animal is elephant. So elephant came in two ways. Mm -hmm. Thank you.